So if a man died of a heart attack, would an autopsy show it? Would it, would it confirm it? Not necessarily. It depends. Are you talking about a myocardial infarction? I'm talking about Jesse and the barbers. Well, if there was no heart damage, and if the infarction caused death fast, no. The heart stops and he dies. Well, is that what happened? I mean, could, is, did, he, did his heart just stop? Is that it? Can, can, can you guarantee that? Daniel, he just died. He sat down and he died. Look, aren't there ways of killing people without it showing? Well, there are certain drugs that are very hard to detect. Well, what do you do? You just inject them with a needle? Yes. And then you'd see needle punctures? Yeah. Well, then you could find that. Well, I suppose so. I guess the best place for that would be the tongue. Good Lord! Jesse died. He'd lost two old friends. You're leaving. The town is dying. He had nothing except George. So he sat down and he died. No, he did not sit down and die. Not Jesse, no. I don't believe it. I don't buy that. What are we supposed to do? Keep burying them as they drop? That's Jesse they put away there. Something's wrong about that. Something big is wrong about that. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to find out. You're going to find out. We're going to find out. We are? Yeah, you are. I am. Yeah, you. Hello, everybody. My name is Andrew. And I'm Mark. And you are listening uh, to Television Movie Night in a hot, hot, hot mid-November. It's 90 fucking degrees outside. I thought we were done with this. This is the thing, the rope-a-dope that they pull on you in, in Los Angeles is uh, everything is a rope-a-dope here. But also the weather is that you're expecting it to get cold. You start pulling out the jackets and the hoodies and you think, because I like my fall fashions. As we stated on this podcast. Fall. He does love his fall fashions. I will go you know, out of my way to see fall fashions. And I like to put on sweatpants uh-huh. and not be gross and sweaty wearing them. But then the therm- the, the outside temperature gets to 85, 90 in mid-November. That's no, no, that's but that's that's all right. That's all right. It's not, come on, come on, come on, man. Come Andrew's on. walking around in his thigh-high riding boots. Yes. And, and my uh, cardigan sweaters. Yes. Big. And his uh, beanie sweater scarf. And he's like, I thought it was supposed to be 52 degrees today. And they're like, no, nah, man, it's it's only 60. And he's like, well, I can't live like this. <laughs> How am I supposed to go apple picking and then Instagram a cider donut? Andrew, I love your pictures of uh, the uh, the changing of the colors of the palm fronds. And you'll 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 post where you're like, this was this was how green they were in July. Mm-hmm. Look at them now. <laughs> now the Santa Anas have put one directly in my windshield. Uh, Mark, how are you? Uh, we're coming off a very tumultuous weekend as IATSE planning to vote on their contract this week. Yes, the vote was uh, Friday. I voted early and often, as you know. <laughs> uh, but yeah. They ratifying this thing or what? We, let's, it will let's, be ratified. Let's go to the, uh, I am very the, confident. the industry minute here. Uh, insider sure. source Mark Gonzalez. Will will IATSE will the uh, the unions out there? It'll be under- it'll be it'll be ratified with an overwhelming majority. You think so? Yes. Uh, uh, across all thirteen. Oh, I think I think that the IA as a whole it will be an overwhelming majority. I see. I tend to agree. I think there will be some grumbling about it, but I I think uh, people are ready to wash their hands of it. 
But I who mean, knows? Yeah. I mean, the, the uh, uh, there has been the um, the big John Deere strike that's happening in the middle of the country right now. No, um, I'm not. I I think there is a level of support for striking and labor that we haven't seen since the Reagan eighties, but I don't, uh, I don't think that as a whole, the union, also the, the message from the union has been very much, please, please just, just vote. Well, yes. What I'm saying is that the, the, the John Deere strike that's, ha- that's still currently happening. They had come to an agreement with the United auto workers union went to the voting body. They turned it down. Oh, went back on the line because of it. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe I, it's a lot of people to convince to vote no and potentially force a strike. But I tend to think you are right that we will it will it will pass uh, with a strong majority uh, whenever that vote is tallied, because it's just this weekend. Right. Voting is just this week. We're recording this on Friday. Yeah. Uh, voting open this mo- Friday morning at uh, 9 a.m. I think I got my email mm-hmm. and I think it goes until Monday at midnight, Monday okay, night. So polls won't close until Monday, until mon- no, until Tuesday. They're open all day Monday. All right. So if you're listening to this on Monday, we still sound smart. And then when Variety splashes big headline that says like, Iatsi sticks, picks, snicks, hicks, sticks. IA says nay. Yeah. All right. That's good. That's not bad. Then we look like uh, big dumb idiots. But uh, listen to this on Monday, then, if that's the case. Uh, Mark, how, how else have you been? Andrew, I've been doing really, really well. I, um, I went to the New Beverly today. Yes. To Quentin see Tarantino's New Beverly. The New Beverly. Yes. Uh, it's a movie theater. It's a movie house. It's a revival house. They only show movies on film, 35 millimeter, sometimes 16 millimeter, although I've never seen a 16 millimeter film there myself. I go as often as I can. Andrew, they were checking uh, Vax cards. You had to have a Vax card in order to get into the movie theater. And then you had to wear your mask throughout the movie. That's new to uh, Los Angeles County here recently. New to LA County. Within the last week, you have to show a vaccination status card to get into uh, entertainment centers, but also and like restaurants. Restaurants to eat inside restaurants, fitness centers. Uh, I think malls right now, but I believe the 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 uh, county board is hoping to rescind that. But yes, it is uh, one of the more strict vaccination status things, mandates uh, here taking place in Los Angeles County. How did it make you feel? Just fine. Okay. I, I, I had a, I don't know if I've talked about this on the show, but I had very, very high anxiety uh, post pandemic or during the pandemic when we both started to go to work. And I was talking to my doctor about it. And I was like, I think I was like, is it possible that I have developed agoraphobia? And she said, yes, it's certainly possible. And I was like, I don't. I mean, anything's possible with God. I went through the Lord, I suppose. (laughs) Have you been reading your scripture, Mark? Um, But then uh, when I started to go to work, I was like, this is I was like, this is safer than the supermarket because work is the only place that I know you have to be tested multiple times a week. 
whereas the supermarket, who knows what these jackoffs are doing. So I was I felt a little bit better. Well, but you also know what those jackoffs at work are doing. And you're like, oh, no, I ignorance would be bliss. <laughs> well, yeah, there's, there's that. And then there's also like, I mean, I'm not by any means a Photoshop expert, but it's like I, I'm pretty sure I could make a vaccine record pretty quickly. Well, you can, I mean, you can also, I mean, you, you can, you don't have to provide the card itself. You, a photo on your phone, a photo on your phone works just as, as well, yeah. which it, like, honestly, it, I was reading a story the other day in uh, uh, like the, the New York times or something like that, that was talking about jugs. <laughs> it was talking about people getting scammed by fraudulent vaccine card makers basically uh, you can go on to certain discords or telegrams and get somebody to give you a fake card. So it's like, I pay you 300 bucks to give me a fake vaccination card. And then you just pocket the money and you scam me despite the fact that I'm trying to scam. Yeah. That's not really a scam. That's just, you tried to do that's, that's like saying, um, I, I paid you for a hit and you didn't do it. And it's like, well, you were trying to do something illegal. So, but you took my money. I want my money back for the illegal thing that I wanted. Oh no, no, no. I, it just made me laugh. Cause the, the quotes in there were pretty choice that like the, the one, the one woman was trying to find a fake vaccination card for her daughter. Who's an actress that uh, was, she was a well-known actress. <laughs> He, she, uh, she had a son who was the quarterback of a popular football team. <laughs> Shailene Woodley. Uh, apparently, she's sm- the, st- the story with her is still that she smells bad, which is kind of amusing to me. What is this? Shailene Woodley. Okay. Fiance of Aaron Rodgers. All right. Uh, I don't I, I, I don't go to the supermarket as often anymore, so I don't get to read people you're as not much reading, anymore. Yeah, well, I'm just looking at the headlines. Uh, she and Batboy had an <laughs> extravagant weekend. I bet it was beautiful. Um, no, she uh, she has uh, come forward very firmly saying that, that we don't need to bad. that she, we don't need to shower as often oh, as that's, we do. I do. I think I do remember reading. That. And she was like, once a week is plenty. And everybody who's like interacted with her has been like, she smells bad. She's she stinks. She's stinky. Uh, all right. Well, stinky and unvaxxed. I guess that's that's choice that we can make. There's a lid for on. every pot, as my grandmother used to tell me. Uh, but you said that you were you felt better uh, with this vaccination thing where they were looking at your vaccine card. I I was. Yeah, it didn't make me anxious. I was like, well. You guys, someone's doing something. So I guess that's, again, something. We're all going to die of this anyway. Yeah, so we're going to really get matter. it and it's going to put us in the ground or, or at least give us a quick, a, a big push towards going in the ground. So who fucking cares? Uh, and also in terms of like, oh, my privacy. It's like, I don't, I don't fucking care. I'll tell you right now. I got, I got my, I got a booster the other day. Yeah. Andrew's, Andrew got boosted. I felt like shit. It sucked. You told him you, you went to uh, you went to IHOP and you said, I'm a little boy. I need a booster. Yeah. <laughs> I said, boost me up. I need that boysenberry. 
Uh, no, I got uh, I got double Pfizer last time, and this time I got a Moderna, and it fucked me up real good. And then um, I will say the one thing that I'm not looking forward to is if we have to go through this rigmarole every six months because it that's it sucks. You're you're basically at least for me, I was down a full day because you just wake up, everything aches, and you just have just a terrible headache. Well, at a certain point, it'll be like the flu shot where it's like my arm's sore. I have a little bit of a headache, but I can still work. Uh, I mean, I guess you could still technically work, but this, I, th- I feel like you get walloped a little bit more than a standard flu shot. Yeah, you get walloped a little more because you haven't lived your entire life with it. We are going to live our, the rest of our lives with this until it kills us and we die. Well, well hopefully sooner rather than later. All right. Well, that's every six months. Uh, so checking in six months when I complain about getting a Pfizer shot and then uh, Mark bangs on about having to show his quad vax card at, uh, I don't know, the Spearmint Rhino. They, those are talented dancers <laughs> and I, endorse, I, wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to affect them. That's the thing. I, su- I support the arts. So if you want to be, if you want to judge me for loving dance and performance art, go ahead, go uh, ahead. I, I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. Well, we're talking about television movies first and foremost because it's TV movie night, not piss and moan about. They have chicken wings as well. Oh, that's that are true. Well, that, good. like yeah, the lunchtime special seems like it could be all right. Uh, in the month of November, we are watching movies that their titles are questions. <laughs> and something I am, I have. Uh, Andrew, people, people have asked us how. how how will you aren't you guys worried that you'll run out of categories and we're like no never and then november came and you were like limitless things that are questions and i I said great hopefully there's four of them (laughs) because we already did uh mother may i sleep with danger so we might just have to do that again uh this time around we watched isn't it shocking question mark and we're going to talk about it at length and find out the titular answer to that question. Yeah. In a segment I like to call, well, what do you know? Mark, isn't it shocking? Premiered on ABC on October 2nd, 1973. ABC. 1973. 73. This starred Alan Alda. Star of the stage and screen. Yes. Alan Alda. Wonderful actor. We love Alan Alda. Uh, You know, what you guys are doing is so... It's it's, crazy. It's it's wonderful. You're talking about television movies. You know, back back in my day, it was just movies that happened to be on television. They wouldn't make them specifically for television you, you guys ever you, you ever see the wolf fan you ever see the wolf fan they ran was, those in the those 50s were why you, that was you fun. line up just to sit in front of the tv when the Wolfman lon chaney jr scared the hell out of me tell you vampire she could uh she i have i could i'll watch her in anything <laughs> and i'll uh watch her out of anything if you know what i'm saying <laughs> okay all right we're having fun all we're right, having that's fun. fun that's fun uh yes alan alda mash the west wing uh, Aviator, uh, third Thirty Rock, The Aviator. He was in something recently. Did I see him in recently? Art. Did you see the play Art? 
That's what it was. It was about Art Carney. Yeah, it was a great, <laughs> great one. This also starred uh, Louise Lasser. Do you know who she is? Do you know who Louise Never Lasser heard of is? her. Uh, she is the star of a show called Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman, which is okay. a spoof of uh, soap operas that Norman Lear produced in the 70s. Is this the one that had Billy Crystal in it? No, that's soap. Okay. That's that's different. But this is in the in the late 70s. There's a show called Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman, where uh, in the town of Fernwood, all of these crazy things would revolve around this character, Mary Hartman, played by Louise Lasser. <clears throat> Eventually, there was a spinoff that was a spoof on talk shows called Fernwood Tonight that had Martin Mull and uh, uh, Fred Willard. Fred Willard. Fred Willard. Uh, that uh, was a spinoff of this. Uh, eventually, Louise Lasser left the show and then they had to rebrand it, something, something. But that's where she's uh, she's from. Here, she has not gotten that part yet. This also starred uh, Edmund O'Brien, who is a very, uh, very famous uh, professional Dude. actor, won, won the Oscar a couple times, was in the movie Barefoot Contessa and also Seven Days in May. Oh, wow. All right. This was written by Lane Slate. Lane. More like Lane Slate. Who wrote episodes of Mrs. Columbo. Is that where you never see Mr. Columbo? So I had to explain this. I had to explain this at some point to uh, uh, a different lawyer that I was on that the joke was the joke was on Columbo, right? Peter Falk would always say, like, my wife, she's always, he was always like, my wife, you know, like, Borat. yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, I'm doing a Borat. You know, he'd always talk about his wife. Uh, she, you know, she, she's, she's always, she's always getting on my case about taking my shoes off before I come in the house. And then he would notice something about the dirt pattern on the floor. Or yes. something like that. But we never saw his wife on the no. show. ABC uh, decided, well, we should do a spinoff about Mrs. Columbo. Where you still never see her. You, that's right. She's it's, always behind a door. It's, or it's, a curtain. it's, it's like Wilson on. Uh, yeah. But, uh, home but the whole show is that her behind a fence. She like sneaks in. She's in silhouette. Yeah. Uh, this started Kate Mulgrew to be to be on it, to be clear. Captain uh, Janeway. Captain Janeway was Kate Columbo. Uh, because eventually the show was originally called Kate Loves a Mystery. I know this might be backwards. Yeah, I think this might be backwards. I think originally it was called Mrs. Columbo, but it was confusing because Columbo never showed up on this show because the uh, the creators of Columbo were like, this is a dumb idea. Don't do this. And eventually the show became called Kate Loves a Mystery. Okay. Then eventually it it was called Canceled because... I think it only lasted a season or so. Sure. Lane Slate wrote, wrote a couple episodes of that. He also wrote uh, and created a series entitled The American Girls. He also wrote a movie called They Only Kill Their Masters, which is technically the precursor to this series. Really? Yes. Okay. So the detective and the police, the small town feel of this is from a James Garner movie called They Only Kill Their Masters, where he's like investigating a ring of killer dogs. 
That's terrible, but sure. Okay. According, to, according to Wikipedia, they asked James Garner about this, and he said that I, he, he that movie was better left untalked about. Oh, this was directed by John Badham, 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 Badham. Badham. Uh, do you know? Do you know John Badham is a director? Yeah. So I don't think there's any reason for us to talk about it. This guy directed uh, such movies as Die Hard, Short Circuit. Predator, Saturday Night Fever, Hudson Hawk, War Games, um, X-Men Days of Future Past. That's right. And uh, Nick of Time. Oh, I love Nick of Time. I actually really enjoy that movie. Well, you have this guy to thank for it. All right. So uh, originally, this was supposed to be a series pilot. Yes. It did not go. So it became this made for TV movie spinning off from this James Gardner picture, but changing everything in the process because it was written by Lane Slate. It's the same writer, same setup, small town police captain doing small town crimes, whatever. 1973. It seems like it would be limiting to a degree that like even, what's it called? Because uh, I kept thinking about this throughout it where I was like, at least in Murder, She Wrote in Cabot Cove, like you only have one murder a week in this movie you have like seven people get killed in the course of three days and i was like so is the series gonna be just people getting it's just like mass down <laughs> 600 people dead by the end of season one like i I'm strange uh maybe Maybe that's it's just it's the murder capital of the world. And now it all is like, oh, geez. <laughs> ah, geez. <laughs> all right. Well, let's uh, let's dive in and find out if uh, we can find out if it was, in fact, shocking. Uh, act one, an unseen person. We don't know who this guy is prepping some electrocution paddles. Yes. Uh, we see hands working on some gadgets, some gizmos with these. It big appears old to paddles. be a defibrillator. Yes, but, but nobody it, says the word defibrillator throughout the whole movie. To where no. I was like, "Do Has, did that not exist? Nineteen? Did that not exist? It, it, am I too smart for this movie? <laughs> Certainly possible. Uh, the guy that's putting this machine together is overlooking an old woman who is asleep in a bed. He strips the old lady of her nightgown. Nice. Crazy. Then uses the paddles to uh, electrocute her. He then pockets the nightgown and then to celebrate pops in a big old chocolate bar. Looks like a baby Ruth to me. How many times have you been in this situation? You successfully murder someone. Yeah. And you think to yourself, whoo, how am I going to celebrate? You get a big old whatchamacallit. I, Fifth Avenue. I I had to wonder if uh, the ad wizards for Snickers had watched this and were like, you're not yourself you're <laughs> killing old people. But once you eat the bar, then you, then you turn still, back into yourself. You're still going to kill people. Though. But you also did kill that old woman. You, in fact, you feel better just chomping on this chocolate bar. This guy takes his shit and he gets the fuck out of Dodge. Yep. We then cut to a flashing red light and buzzer, uh, which introduces us to Alan Alda, who's getting dressed while his uh, girlfriend uh, is waking up because uh, she runs the motel. 
Yes. That's what the buzzer is for. She uh, needles Alan Alda about wanting to get married. She says, you wouldn't have to bounce out of here at five in the morning if we were married. To me. To me. And, he's and like, then she also says uh, the kids would really love to have a father. And, and Alan Alda gives this look. The dirtiest look. <laughs> that's like, ugh. Like, and yeah, I'll get you know, we could talk about this later. We don't, it's five and we don't have to talk about this right now. And whenever this type of thing happens in a movie or a TV show where the guy's like, I hate children. I am conditioned to be like, okay, by the end of the movie, he's going to come around. Children are great. <laughs> Not what happens. Exactly. I like, I, there's a bit of a subversion here that, uh, is that I did enjoy. At the door is an old guy who wants a room at five in the morning who we can see is the guy that was chomping on the chocolate bar. He signs in as Justin Oates and tells the lady behind the counter that he's self-employed. Yeah. That's how I introduce myself at parties. And what do you Uh, do? Oh, I'm self-employed. Andrew, uh, I got really tired of being a... introduced in that way on uh, dating shows because they would always do it real sarcastic where they'd be like and bachelor number four is self-employed you're like all right all right all right that just means that i file an i-9 you don't have to get all bent out of shape you know what that means alan alda heads to work uh, at, uh, and then we get one of my favorite things about these 70s movies that we don't do anymore. Inc- what's that? Incredible score. The score on this is really good. I was going to say a uh, two and a half minute long driving sequence. Yes, where nothing happens. Nothing happens. The credits, just a, and just a guy to, driving around. You get to hear that great score. It's got a, that is a good. It's a good piece of music that they've paired with this. Uh, Alan Alda is the chief of police at Mount Angel, but he's being uh, courted to become the sheriff over at Horse Creek. Okay. Which apparently is the big city in comparison to Mount Angel. Sure. The hotel that he just came from is in Horse Creek. Okay. But he's going to work in Mount Angel. He's gotcha. the chief of police there. Yes. At the department, at the police department, Alan meets up with Blanche, who is his secretary. This is Louise Lasser, who gives him shit about his lady friend. She's like, you marry that lady yet? You, you make an honest woman of that broad that you've been banging? And he's like, I don't, like it's, I don't, I don't fucking it's 7 a.m. I, I just got here. I'm not really not. Not, not right now. One of the other officers, Jesse, who's an older guy, shows up and arrives with his dog, George. Yeah who announces that a lady in town, Janet, is dead due to a heart attack. The neighbor found her, and the doctor said uh, she died at five in the morning. But Jesse, Officer Jesse, is hung up on the fact that when they, when they found Janet, she was nude. He's not hung up on it. He just, he's like, there's a weird detail to this. He says it's curious. She was naked as a jaybird. Yeah. And I, I'm like, oh, okay. He's like, sure, I guess. Uh, Alan Alda hears this and decides to go over to that dead lady's house to investigate. 
But he's he upset. Hears there's a, he hears that there's a naked dead woman and she's <laughs> said, old oh, as no, dirt. I, I gotta go. I got trips over the dog. He's he's like ripping through this house and he's like, Where's the nightgown? Where's the huh? nightgown? Answer I mean, me that. <laughs> which this is curious because like this is a big this is a big sticking point that like Alan Alda hears the story that they're like, this old bat died in the middle of the night of a heart attack. But he starts to suspect foul play because she was naked when when they, she was found and can't find a nightgown. Now, this it's like, well, if she does sleep in the nude, would she have a nightgown in the first place? Aha. Uh-huh. Because it's where's like Mark's. Pa- <laughs> it's like it's like it's like Mark's, where's Mark's pajamas It's yeah. like he doesn't wear pajamas. And they're like, well, then they should be there should be a big box of pajamas somewhere. Exactly. It, it would be like if, if Mark died and I'm like. Where's his sleeping cap? <laughs> Answer me that. His, it's, there's obviously been foul play. His sleeping cap. They didn't find him with a sleeping cap on. And it's like, well, he never even purchased one. Yes. Th- this is the confusing part to me that I, 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 in a certain respect, I do kind of understand it. Cause like, okay, you're probably going to have a, you're probably gonna have some pajamas or a nightgown or something to wear to bed. But let's gives, say let's yes. say this lady does go to bed nude all the time. Like that's just the way she grew up. And he gives always, an explanation later on where he's like, they're old, they get cold easily. She should have been wearing something. She should have been wearing something. But also you see what the movie is doing. You you kind of see what it's doing where it's like he's got a, you know, he's got like a sixth sense about this. Something's off about it, but that's the wrong thing. It should be. Yeah, the tax like, whatever, is- an old bat died. And then someone's like, this is weird. The, after the second death, they're like, the second person died and they were na- they were na- nude too. And he's like, oh my God, some people are banging in their sleep. <laughs> no, it should have been like, they found the chocolate bar wrapper and he's, he's like, oh, she's got a sweet tooth. And it's like, she's diabetic. She's diabetic. Yeah. yeah and then now it starts to, you start to really uh, postulate on it. But instead, this is the, this is the 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 thing that I don't really think is a thing because it's not like, enough. It's people, there because people sleep a thousand different ways. Like I don't own a pair of pajamas, but I will sleep in a pair of shorts and an undershirt just fine. Yeah. I mean, it's like if I died, if you found my body and you were like, he, he was butt naked and his butt was up, straight up in the air. And there was a bunch of doo-doo. And there was doo-doo everywhere. <laughs> You'd be like, big, he died big, of natural his, causes. His big fat doo-doo ass <laughs> shitted and farted everywhere. He seems to have farted himself to death. It's totally natural. But if you came over and I had like, you know, like Dracula with my hands over my mm. chest, you'd be like, this was posed. This Somebody is not did. how he died. <laughs> The game's somebody, afoot. Somebody cleaned up his doo-doo ass. <laughs> Jesse talks uh, uh, with Alan about taking the horse creep job, uh, the horse creek job, because he says there's nothing but old broads in this town. <laughs> and they have a good laugh about it. Yeah, because he he's like, because they were old broads when I was a kid. Yes. And now, and now, now they're old broads still. <laughs> he's like, now I'm more interested in them, but they're still, they've always been old broads in Horse Creek. And Alan's like, well, you know, back in my day, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't necessarily call them old broads. We just called them broads. <laughs> At the funeral of the dead old lady, the widower looks sad, gets comforted, and then walks home. Perhaps a little too sad. <laughs> Should be ready to play the field, if you ask me. Alan Aldo raises an eyebrow. Hmm. Nice acting job, sir. 
Uh, he thinks he doesn't <laughs> protest too much at his wife's funeral. Do you think Alan Alda was on the fence about asking him if his wife slept in the nude all the time? He's like, look, I know the old bat just died, but uh, answer me this. Hey, so uh, how'd you guys bury her? You bury her. Uh, it's like she's asleep, right? <laughs> so you buried her nude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Answer the question. Later, Alan Alda goes to dinner with his girlfriend and these pain in the ass kids. We meet the kids. These fucking kids. We meet the kids. And in any conventional show, they would be sweet and adorable and they would want to call him Papa. But <laughs> in this movie, we're like, no, these kids suck. Like these, they're assholes. They're, they're, a buzz they're ordering off menu, which is the rudest thing a person can do. And like you're getting a, either a grilled cheese or a hamburger. You pick one or the other. You can have chicken fingers if you really want them. And he's like, oh, and they're like, I want, I want roasted duck I and a milkshake. Sushi. And he's like, you know, they don't have milkshake and you know, they don't, they only parboil the duck. <laughs> I want foul gras. You know, it's illegal in the state. I, you've said that I've told you this every week. I want it because it's illegal. <laughs> I want the thrill. Uh, yeah, these kids uh, are rambunctious and annoying. And I was totally taken aback by how much Alan Alda is just like, I just despises the kids. Three. It's I don't know the last time that I've seen a hero. Hate kids that are so hateable, you know, <laughs> like in Jurassic Park, he's like, yes, Dr. Grant, Jimmy. Dr. Grant says up front that he doesn't like kids. He doesn't like then, kids, but then you meet Tim and you're like, oh, he's he's fun. He's, he wants he's, and he likes he likes Dr. Grant and he's like trying to impress him. But these kids are just just they shit suck <laughs> and they're <laughs> shitty and they like <laughs> fight with each other. And I was like, that's that's a swing. That's that's a bold that incredible that makes that makes your lead incredibly unlikable that he's like also just he's like i would rather wash my hands of all but you also feel bad because you're like i agree these kids do suck but you're like i'm rooting for my hero to abandon this mother of five that's the other thing it's there's only three kids but that's the other thing too is it's like here's the single mother that's got these just absolute dog (laughs) shit kids just trying to hold it together. And she's got this wishy-washy, just nebulous boyfriend. That's like, sure, baby, whatever you want. Uh, But the mention of her three children, just just the expression just immediately changes. It's like, no, I would prefer if they slept outside, to be honest. Uh, well, thankfully, he's saved by the bell. <laughs> I, I have seen some amazing boarding schools. <laughs> uh, yeah, then he could take over the valuable motel uh, real estate. That oh, was his, that was the about. con from all from the beginning. Uh, he's saved by the bell when a police officer says, uh, "You got to come see this." Another dead person. <laughs> Turns out the uh, the widower from earlier also died. Yep. And uh, when they go check on his body, he's noted as being shirtless. Which I, this is even more tenuous, more like circumstantial than the lady being nude in the first place, because it's like 
Yeah, if a guy sleeps shirtless, that's not a big deal. I slept shirtless for the vast majority of my life. I only started wearing a shirt to bed in my 30s, I think, because I hate my horrible body. <laughs> um, but like, you're, you're it, like, well, either I can break the mirror inside my bedroom and have to eat the deposit or I can yeah. wear a shirt to bed. But doesn't wouldn't it have made more sense for the husband to be the first to die? And then you're like, he wasn't wearing a shirt. Okay, whatever. Then, the, then the woman's nude and she's like, well, she would have got like, well, this is strange now. Yes, it that that would have made more sense. But both of these, again, I don't know if they weren't wearing a shirt or she was nude is necessarily the linchpin gotcha of a clue that uh, that uh, they make Colum- it out to be that Kate Colombo would have stumbled across. Yeah. My, my husband's always sleeping in the nude and, uh, you know, I just I just have one more question. Just uh, just one more question. Now, you're a Vulcan uh, from uh, of some note, but you're uh, you're working with us on this one. I noticed. That's interesting. It's interesting. A lady doctor shows up and she says, listen, buddy, it's a heart attack. He's an old piece of shit. His wife just died. He wasn't wearing a shirt he's he's had a heart attack i'm sorry because there's no other signs of distress there's no needle marks there's no forced entry there's no strangle marks there's nothing yeah he's just dead his heart just gave out and that tends to happen with couples so just put it in the books and go back to your go back to your dinner don't you want to go back to those kids and he's like we're going to tear this building apart. Exactly. I want <laughs> brick by brick, nail by nail. I want to know. Down, rebuild it. Alan is not convinced, though. Later, Jesse and Blanche give Alan some grief about this Horse Creek job. His officer, Jesse, says that Horse Creek is up its own ass with its bureaucracy. He pulls out the town charter and says they got a they got a bog inspector. A bog, a bog inspector. inspector. Well, So you don't want your bogs inspected is what you're telling me. Is that what you're telling me, Jesse? He's like, look at this health inspector. What what are are these people going to look at? Fire marshal. (laughs) There's a fire. You move. All right. Put some water on it there. I've solved it for you. However, lurking around in the background of this scene. Comptroller. Money's going to go where it's going to go. If it just happens to fall in the hands of some people who helped the elected officials get elected, then so be it. Uh, however, lurking around in the scene is the chocolate man. Uh-oh, he's overhearing this. Is this where he pours just a ton of um, syrup? He's got syrup, and he's like, oh, yeah. Oh. This is, again, this was me at IHOP getting my booster. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. COVID won't get me now. <laughs> I'm too full of pancakes to get sick. <laughs> There's no room for the virus. Alan goes to buy some seeds from the local grocer who complains about the lot at the funeral. Says they were always fumbling around with each other. This is great. Back in high school, you got these ladies and gentlemen just fumbling around with each other. I I love the idea of two people, a husband and wife dying within 24 hours of each other. You go to buy bird seed, I uh-huh. think, because yep. it's like a through line that he... Alan's big into birds. Alan's big into birds. So he goes over and he's like, hey, um, 
real shame about that old married couple that died within hours of each other. Some would say it's romantic. And he's like, yeah, not so romantic that uh, 70 years ago when they were in their teens, they used to all fuck around. <laughs> be like, who gives a shit? Uh, Mark, trust me when I say that, like, if anyone from my high school dies, I will be the first to line up to be like, they are such a prick. <laughs> and I hope that is absolutely reversed when I die, that people that knew me in high school to be like, that's a shame, but what a dickhead. <laughs> As we all know, he gave effort. He gave, he tithed to the church regularly, volunteered at soup kitchens. But um, I know this is a mean word, but uh, kind of a plagiarist. He would, uh, he would say stuff from uh, Chappelle's show mm-hmm. as though he had come up with it. Yeah. And when people would laugh, he would say, yeah, I came up with that. <laughs> so uh, kind of a piece of shit when you really think about it. So uh, as we could say, human beings are complicated animals. That's for sure. Yeah. Alan heads back to the office to find Jesse asleep at his desk. Never tipped at diners. It's like, well, you guys were... 14 years old you didn't have any money it's like well he could have gone back in his in his 30s and repaid the debt yeah but he didn't back at the office alan finds jesse at his desk asleep but guess what mark he ain't asleep he ain't asleep he fucking dead killed him he he fucking killed him (laughs) My, my fucking officer they killed my fucking officer act two the doc shows up. The lady doctor from earlier shows up and says, damnedest thing, another heart attack. There, I People are, we got to check some cholesterol levels. This is yeah, weird. There's uh, something in the air or something. Uh, is the diner loading up on, uh, they might want to go uh, low fat butter on the, uh, on the griddle there. I, yeah. Alan calls up the funeral home and he cries to them and says, it wasn't a baby. (laughs) (laughs) Says it wasn't an officer. After meeting up with an old chum of Jesse's at the funeral named Crazy Marge. Ah, Crazy Marge. Alan cannot find Jesse's dog. Jesse's dog. I think this is great. This is my favorite scene. He's at a funeral. They're, they're like, they're ashes like ashes, 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 dust, dust to dust. dust. Rub a dub and dub, Alan Alden just loses it. He's like, where the fuck is the dog? Where's the dog? Like sprints where's, away. Where's the dog? Yes. Uh, he like, and then, and it's, it's, I, so much, it's so great that everybody just like ignores him that I was like, oh my God, the next time I have to go to a funeral, I'm just going to do this. And they're going to be like, he's so, but he's so beset by grief. This is like that scene in uh, uh, My Girl when she's like, he's not wearing his glasses. Where is glasses? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay. Uh, he flips out about the dog, and but he's still bent out of shape about this whole thing. So what he wants to do is like, dig his ass out of the ground. We're doing a proper autopsy, all right? I want to I know what kind of doo-doo ass this man had <laughs> and whether or not it led to his death. The autopsy. Uh, yes. There's a we, this. There's a weird exchange here 
where it seems like all the actors forgot their lines. <laughs> where you're gonna do something, I'm gonna do something. We're, yeah, we're you, gonna, we're you and us. you, and then me, but also you, mainly you, you, you do it. Does that work? Yes, it's uh, it's. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I would like to say that this is probably a quirk of the show that would have been a thing of them like kind of doing crosstalk like this because it happens a bunch of times in the in this episode, but uh, it 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 does it does sound a little weird, and I'm curious how it looked on the page as well of like you know the stage direction is like Alan makes ass of self. I mean, it felt like an Alan. It felt like an Aldaism. Yes, where he was like, let me just riff a little bit. And then the actress wasn't ready for it. And she's like, what? She's like, you're going to, you're going to do doing? this. I'm going to do this. Cause it's, yeah, she knows, or maybe she's trying to point him towards the right line. Yeah. That could be it. It's, it's, the line is we're going to do this. You know, reminds me, I did a, uh, I did like a, a scene in a drama class once. And the fucking person I was paired with is just all over the page. Yeah. And so I was trying to, trying to lead him back by, by the hands to be like, Get back on your fucking lines, man. You're you're fucking you're fucking me. So uh, it did not work. Right. He was like, I never met this Yorick fellow. I was like, you son of a bitch. You fucked me. <laughs> it's the only reason we're here. Look at look at the skull. And he's like, no, no, don't know his gyps. Don't know his japes. <laughs> you motherfucker. Said I, I can get that spot out. I said, out down spot. Um, God damn idiot. It reminds me, it, it did, it made me think about, I have this ongoing, I have this theory, this personal theory that um, Bobby De Niro, that's what we call it. We call him Bobby. Uh, friends, friends call him Bobby. Yes. Friends call him Bobby. Uh, Robert De Niro always thinks that he's, he's like, I'm going to give you three takes on this line. And then, you know, you can take whichever take you like. But directors always just leave all of them in there. So like he was in heat. There's a scene where he's yelling at um, Val Kilmer's wife, Charlie's. No, not Charlie's there on uh, Ashley Judd. And he's like, go home, go home, go home. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, yeah, he was like, so, you know, whichever one of those three you want to use. But they just put them all in like, there. All right. Yeah. He's like, I'm a dirty grandpa. I'm a dirty grandpa. I'm a dirty grandpa. And they're like, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> the autopsy is done on officer Jesse and through, uh, because the coroner is also the lady doctor's father. And they still believe it's a heart attack. He said, we cut this guy open real good. It's still a heart attack. Laid him, put him on a, uh, one of those uh, deli slicers looked at everything. Real thin, thin cut, super old. thin. You can translucent. You could see through it. And then we uh, hickory smoked him. Oh, delicious! Just good. Would never eat it, of course. The dogs got to it, however. Yeah, so. Before we could, they <laughs> didn't get a chance. Uh, but the thing is, is that they noticed an odd smell on his chest which I'm assuming most coroners do. They smell the entire body before they <laughs> slice it up. Just oh, get, yeah. get a big old whiff. Notice a uh, odd smell on the chest that they believe needs to be looked at. The lady thought she her smelled. She had she had a faint, faint. Uh, 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 I'm getting hints of nutmeg. 
Well, she's a lady, so she knows about kitchen stuff. Yeah. Well, the, she says nutmeg. She, she smelled nutmeg while the guy, the father, says, I smelled turpentine. Because I'm a man and I'm it's, familiar with paints. It's all it's all we smell. It's like I am high as a kite right now. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, most of what I smell is turpentine. Back at the police station, the dog is found dead outside. Smells like ether. I can't can't recall. Let me let me just let me just to, double check. I'll have to try this again. Let me try some ether. Oh yeah. Oh, that's ether. All right. Dogs found dead outside, but also has the same odd smell of turpentine and nutmeg, leading the lady doctor to conclude that this is some kind of decongestant chest gel. Yes. Like a Vicks Vapo rub. Yes. The dog, it seems was murdered no the dog just had a cold oh Isn't that what we find out yeah it's it had kennel cough and then just managed to cough it's so they put they put vapor rub on it and it didn't do the trick didn't do it and they just ended up dying at the diner the police force deduces that the murderer is targeting people in their early 60s while also unbeknownst to them the murderer himself is in the diner Oh my God. After talking to some old, old O's in the town and getting some support from Horse Creek, Blanche calls Alan Alda at four in the morning. And she realizes that everyone who's died so far was part of the same high school class of 1928. Which he treats like a, an amazing bit of detective work, but it's like, well, of course, they're all in the same class. They're all the same age. Like they say repeatedly that they all died at the age of 68. And I was well, like, well, yeah. Well, that doesn't necessarily mean that they all went to the same school. In this small town where it seems like very few everybody because Jesse had also said like and nobody ever leaves. Everybody stays here. Everybody's always been ancient as shit. Mm hmm. So I was like, this shouldn't be a huge reveal. Well, it is. Okay, so fine. And they Sorry. also flirt with each other. They track down. You year. don't have any kids, do you? Any <laughs> running around? Because uh, that, that would really sour the deal here. They track down a yearbook from that year and look up the names. And uh, going through the class roster, they realize that the Yetas haven't been warned. Won't somebody think about the Yetas? Yes. Because they live up towards Vermont. Because we're in the Northeast here. And they live up Vermont. Yeah, I think so. They live up Vermont way. So while they were, did go around the town and talk to a bunch of oldos being like, hey, don't get murdered. They, the Yetas, they, God only knows what's going on up there. Alan heads there while Blanche goes, after to look, uh, goes to look after Crazy Marge, who's also in the class roster. As Alan pulls up to the house, he catches the killer leaving. And the two of them have a big old crazy bumper car battle in a cornfield. I mean, it's a demolition derby. You paid for the entire seat, but you're only going to need the edge. It goes for like five minutes. I thought it was amazing because every time I was like, all right, that's got to be the end of it. No. And then no. just demo derby all day long. Yeah, you got you got these stunt drivers just doing big old donuts like hitting each other in these in the giant side. early 70s cars made out of solid steel yes. that could just take a beating and i the other thing i uh, like alan alda is just getting beat to shit and i'm like you're a cop just shoot him shoot the guy 
No, he's just he's getting just crushed by this massive car that the murderer owns. Eventually, Alan's car is disabled uh, and he thinks that the killer drives away. But as he climbs out of the car, the killer comes back to do a sick jump right sick into jump him. lands right on top of him. Devil at your heels level shit. It's pretty cool. Just crashes right onto it. And then like, and now, ladies and gentlemen, Truckosaurus. <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting Gravedigger to come also over the hill. Just man, that would have been badass. So great. Alan escapes near death, but the killer also escapes onto the road and, and uh, gets in a truck, uh, hitchhikes away from the house. Alan Alda goes to check on the Yetas and finds them both dead, which means that there's now only two living members of the class roster in town that are still alive with crazy Marge and the shop owner at this point, Andrew, who cares? Let them die. <laughs> That's two more. They're going to be dead. Just in like Two more people. They're going to be dead in like five years. Anyway, what, what difference does it make? But coming into town, <laughs> whoops, turns out the store owner's dead. Alan, all girlfriend shows up with the, uh, <laughs> with the kids in tow. Kids just, just beating the hell out of one another in the back. They're like throwing the rocks wagon. through windows, and she's like, "Don't you want to hang out with me and these kids?" And he's like, "Ugh, he's yeah, like, solve a, the heinous murders or hang out with these three these fucking hellions." He's <laughs> like, "Remember when I was in a car wreck, like, but like an extended car wreck, like five minutes long? That was better. <laughs> I miss that." <laughs> Because because uh, the girlfriend's like, yeah, you missed Donnie's birthday. It's right, like, which one is that? <laughs> he says the, the loud one. He says, <laughs> which one is that? <laughs> See the loud one that likes to throw cats in the rivers? Or is it the loud one that likes to burn ants? He's like, they're doing both now. <laughs> <laughs> They've learned from each other. <laughs> because she's like, he missed. He wanted to see you. He, see, this. Honestly, this is the most heartbreaking part, to be quite honest, because it's the movie is setting up this moonlighting uh, My Girl Friday like. Yeah, well, they won't they between him and the uh... between him and Blanche. Yeah, but he has this put upon like been there with you girlfriend that's like. Like, what the, like, what the fuck? And Alan, like, I love how resistant he is, too. He's like, I don't want anything. I, this, this, this isn't working for you. We, Andrew, this this just, just having a good time. This is, I mean, it, I, it's the most real thing to where that's, I was like. That's the thing. Is, I was like, the writer went through this. The writer has been going through this where he's <laughs> like, I'm just trying to have a good time banging this broad. And she's like, I got three brats that suck. And they're the Are worst. Are you going to take care of me? And I'm like. Baby, I'm just a TV writer, you know? There is no way that something like this would be on a TV show nowadays. Like, that's that's the incredible it takes, part. It takes over the majority of my mind when I think about this movie. Yes, <laughs> like, like this this is the, the thing that... Because, like, if this had gone to series, I'm not as interested in a will-they-won't-they they between, uh, between Alan Alda and Blanche. It's... I want to know more about this. Yeah. Like that, like they, that Alan Alda 
seems like a real dirt bag that he rolled into this town. He's like, yeah, baby, I'm the chief of police. You can get away with murder in my town. And then she's like, I'd love you to meet my kids. He's like, you're what now? You're new. <laughs> I thought you lived in the hotel. I also like the idea that he's dating her at the hotel just as a place to stay. He's like, they won't let me sleep in the police station anymore. Is he? Because he doesn't have a house. I don't think we ever see it. He sleeps on a cot in the police station. Oh, that's true. He sleeps at the motel. Yeah. I don't know. This is wild because she shows up and she has like curlers in her hair. And she's like, she's upset. She's like, I'm a small business owner with children and you're treating me like shit. And he's like, baby, I got, I got, I got to go. And we're, I think as an audience, we're supposed to sympathize. We're, we're being asked to sympathize with Alan Alda by being like, the man's trying to solve a murder here, but it's like, no man, like you, you have entered this woman's life and this is now, this is all part of it. Yeah. Talking with the lady doctor and the coroner. They noticed that uh, the grocer had some burns on his hands. Uh Oh, Ah, yes. Burns on his hands. They've deduced that the killer must have run out of that Vicks Vicks VapoRub insulator. Uh, When he used this, um, he said, a magic machine to stop the heart. And Alan all is like, well, does such a machine exist? And the coroner says, I don't know. And again, I had that same thought where it was like, do defibrillators Isn't not exist? Because I thought that's the idea is that he just had a he got like a medical supply defibrillator and that's how he's killing these people. It, it, it's either that or the writer of this is like Jules Verne esque, where it's like <laughs> I came up with submarines and <laughs> rocket ships, and then somebody watched this and was like, "Hey, that's a good idea. What if you could yeah, just you electrocute just use, someone to like restart the heart?" Yeah. Uh, so, so that was a weird, that's a weird thing. And then is this also, is this the part where Alan Alda is like, why doesn't he just shoot him? And he's like, cause oh, he's crazy. Cause, cause he's all right. Cr- yes, that's how the scene ends. He's like, cause he's nuts. All right. Like, I like, I, like that. I love, I love that. That was a note. That's a note. <laughs> the network was like, couldn't he just shoot these guys? Why does he have to do this weird and, thing? And the writer just, he's like, because he's he's crazy because he's crazy and it's cool all right bar after he kills someone doesn't that seem like a man who's mentally unstable and they're like yeah but like somebody should talk about so you should put somebody should reference that at least you should mention the chocolate bars (laughs) we should explain why he get what chocolate bar he gets maybe in the prequels we'll state why he likes that particular brand of chocolate bars Heading back to the motel, he goes to apologize. Alan goes to apologize to his girlfriend by being short with her earlier because he's like, look, I got like five murders. Okay. It's fucked up. All right. Now, now I'm getting angry with this movie because she is fixing a lamp. Uh Uh-huh. And I was like, okay, she's going to electrocute herself and get a burn on her finger. And and that's when Alan Alda puts it all together. Instead, she just fixes a lamp (laughs) she angrily fixes a lamp and alan alda says i'm sorry i was short with you earlier i have a lot going on also your kids suck your kids you have to know that you you have to know this you don't you don't have to admit it to me right now 
but in your heart of hearts, you know, you know, the kids that they are all wieners who suck. And I'm not the first person to bring it up. They, they, every town, every business in town, when they see that station wagon come rolling in, pray that you do not they pull lock the door. They don't, they say, we're closed. I know it's it's two o'clock on a Wednesday, but we're closed. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know where I know this is a pharmacy and your child seems to have crops. Honestly, I think we're all better off. Uh, he can't scream as loud, which is helpful. She, however, but he's like, uh, but I got to go. I got to go. I, I got to go. I got to go. I uh, says uh, outdated vernacular. Huh? So then the I I'm gonna take this ma- off. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. <laughs> the the maid says, "Hey, the candy bar eater Je- Je- Jensen Oats Je- Jensen Ackles checked out Justin Oats, and that just <laughs> Justin Oats also sounds like a candy bar, doesn't it? That has like <laughs> cracked oats in it. Yeah, it's like, uh, what are you eating, Justin Oats? Justin Oats." What do, what do we got here? We got three musketeers. Mm-hmm. We got an Abba mm-hmm. Oh, Justin Oates. I'll try that. Oh, ladies. Uh, girlfriend is at a breaking point. She's like, you're always rushing off. She's like, I'm here. I got the goddamn kids. But I got nowhere to go. I, I, I'm here, me. but you you leave all the time. You don't even stand up to leave. You always just tell me I got to go. I got to go. So she's at a breaking point with Alan Alda. Act three. Off to Crazy Marges, who is the last remaining survivor. She's the lone survivor. Kiefer Sutherland. Designated survivor. <laughs> lone survivor. The lone survivor is that sniper movie. Mark Wahlberg. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, cra- Crazy Marge is the, 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 the secretary of education. They have to put her in a hole somewhere. Uh, she is the last remaining survivor. Marge's house is covered in cats because she's crazy. Got cats everywhere. There, there's cats everywhere. It's kind of funny. It, it, the, the way that they set it up, the way that they shoot it is funny because there's literally cats in the chandelier. Yeah. And I was like, how did they get that cat to stay up there? And as soon as I thought that, it, the just, cat just, flop, it just falls right out of it. Out. <laughs> I was like, oh, I guess they didn't. All right. Listening to Crazy Marge prattle on, she talks about an old boyfriend named Justin uh in her rantings and alan puts two and two together that justin must have been the guy that just checked out of the motel earlier for the first fucking time in his life he puts two and together while he was screaming at his girlfriends for having having the stones to try and live for a life how to to have children how disgusting dare you madam Screaming up to the motel in his car alan finds a vicks vapor rub a jar in the trash of Justin's room and he says this man did not have a cold or maybe he did I don't know it's but it's possible. empty talking with the coroner uh, he says that he remembers this Justin Oates fella uh, he was expelled out of school for some kind of scandal of some sort some weird thing happened some, in the past some weird thing he like he shitted out his doo-doo ass or he like read a body limerick at the talent show or something. I, I don't know. He was found with a teal on a Bible. <laughs> it was a Popeye cartoon, but it was not meant for eyes of children. Uh, after flirting with Blanche. He is good to the finish. 
But it's not because of it's, spinach he eats, that he's he eats, eating. He eats way more than spinach in he's this particular publication. <laughs> Alan Alda just backs out. It's like, I don't, this is even weirder in your time. He's like, I might have a copy around here. Stay right there. Stay right there. Hang on, I can draw it from memory. All right, let's see here. So, uh, so, so he's uh, got his, his, his triceps. You want to know why his triceps are so big. I, all right, I, well, I, 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 I can tell you right here. All right, let's check this out. After flirting with Blanche, Alan sends away all the other police uh, officers and backup at Marge's place and then hides his car, car hides his car up the road because the killer's never going to show up if he thinks that it's being shown. We have all the cops here. No, you want to hide, put them, hide them away. So he pulls his car up the road, walks back. Now he's 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 hiding. Why not he's hiding have in the all house. the cops hide inside the house? Send him away. Horse Creek sucks. All right. Oh, well, if that's what it is, then that's fine. Alan checks in on crazy Marge, uh, who's in her bed and he like cracks the door open a little bit and he's like, all right, still crazy after all these years and then closes the door. Uh, but he doesn't notice Love Paul Simon, Graceland, great album. See you later. <laughs> he didn't notice that Justin was in the She's room. Got diamonds on the soles of her shoes. All right. See you around. <laughs> Uh, he didn't notice that Justin was in the room as well. This he's he also sucks as a police officer. That's the other thing too. He's bad at everything. He's he's a bad dude and he's bad at everything. Like Columbo, it's it's one thing if it's like House where it's like he's brilliant, but he's an flawed. asshole, but he's bad. Uh, this is just he's flawed and he sucks yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's mean to people. After hearing laughter in Marge's room, however, he checks back in only to find out that Justin's in there and the death machine is ready to roll, baby. Turns out that. okay, okay, okay. So Alan Alden's got a gun on this guy and he's like, all right, what the fuck's going on? We got we're at minute 55, man. You got to tell me what's we going to wrap on. this up or it's going to it's going to be an issue. It's going to we, we're going to get preempted by the news. It's going to be a big thing. Turns out that Justin was engaged to Marge in high school. Gotcha. But Marge was a flirt and started screwing around with Jesse. Yes. And they played strip poker. Yes. And then started playing strip tag. They they run out naked into the main room where a couple other students are at namely the ones who just died. Yes. And everyone sees that Jesse is nude with Marge. But they were having sex. Yeah, they were fucking. Yeah. Uh, Justin is enraged by this and basically goes off the deep end Yeah, because of this incident. <laughs> An incident. And uh, never, never came to... to uh, uh, never came to peace with the fact that his fiance decided to, to mess around with another guy. Yeah. So, so this prompted him to build a big death machine and eat chocolate bars and electrocute people in their late 60s. <laughs> Wait 50 years and come back and kill it's everyone. It's the perfect crime. Uh, so he's getting his revenge. So that happened. Uh, he hey, decided... No. Yeah, go ahead. I, I someone I grew up with told me that their father had told them, like when they were a teenager, he was like, 
here's the thing. People in this life, people are going to wrong you. And you're going to be upset and you're going to want to get revenge. Wait at least one year. And if you're still angry, <laughs> then get revenge because they won't obvious, be able to pin it on you. He said for two reasons. One, if you're still angry, then obviously they really did wrong you and you won't be caught in the heat of the moment. And two, they're not going to look. This has been a year. Lie and wait. And I was like, that's fantastic that's advice, sir. Terrifying. I like, but I like that this guy was like, I'll wait 52 years. He's like, yeah, it's, I'll, I'll, that's, that revenge will still taste just as sweet, just whether as it was sweet. a year or 60 years from now. He, he decides to use his paddles to attack Alan Alda and nearly kills him. He electrocutes his arm in what is sort of funny. He's like, ow. Jesus Christ, asshole. But Marge, Alan drops his gun, but crazy Marge in the ruckus picks it up and shoots the machine. She kills the machine dead. And then the the guy, the guy cries and he says, "It, it was, it wasn't a baby. It wasn't a chicken. He says that thing was going to save lives. It's defibrillator, man. It's the only one that existed. There was only one. Back at the office. Alan Alda has a psychotic break talking about a woodpecker. <laughs> I don't know how to explain this. All right. Go ahead. Let me just say this. Alan Alda has an infectious laugh. Yes. Someone probably told him at some time at some point like you have a great laugh mm-hmm. and when he when he's hawkeye in mash and he laughs you as the audience can't help but laugh along because it mm-hmm. is there's something about his laugh however in this <laughs> movie it ends with what's her name <laughs> blanche being like hey i want to bone you mm-hmm. and he just laughs for like a minute straight and you keep waiting for the movie to freeze frame or cut. And instead it's just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he turns into the Joker. Uh, Cause he's he foiled Batman's bonus. Madness. <laughs> it's pure madness. <laughs> it's the kind of thing you and I would write into a script as a joke. Yes, and and it would get noted out by saying, "I don't get this." They're like, "Why does he laugh for a straight minute?" It's like because he's because <laughs> he's lost his fucking mind. He always sucked. He was always a shitty person, and now he's gone insane. And they're that like, is, he "No, solved, he, he solved the girl. He solved this crime with a body count of like seventeen people. He saved one person. His girlfriend Seven people are dead. His girlfriend realized that he's a deadbeat who will never commit." And meanwhile, this girl, this younger girl who he asks her age, she says she's 29 and that he says he's 37. And then they have a back and forth about their ages. And I feel like they just forgot the camera was on. Because <laughs> this goes on and on and on. And then, yes, he just starts laughing uproariously and to the point where it becomes uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. You know, I don't know what prompts it because she just like makes a face at him. Uh, I think she that, sticks her tongue out at him. Yeah. And that's, that's what prompts a, like a 45 minute set of laughter. 
and then he decides that he's going to stay here. Because I'm insane now. <laughs> We're all crazy here. I, I made it through the killing joke and now I'm crazy. <laughs> It's true. One day in Mount Angel really affected a and man. change a man. <laughs> he says he's not. He's going to turn down the job at Horse Creek and stay here in Mount Angel, mainly because his ex lives in Horse Creek. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> <laughs> rats are having, there having to go in that direction. Well, it would be great if he was like, I don't want to have to arrest those kids in six years because Lord <laughs> knows they're going to do something weird. The signs were all there. And that's the end of Isn't it shocking? Isn't it shocking? Mark, was it shocking? Uh, Andrew, I texted you immediately after watching this that I was not shocked that this movie did not go to series because <laughs> it was kind of bad. And I, I felt it. like... You tasted it and you said, it's decidedly unshocking. Yeah. Hey, what's the deal with this stuff? It's extra shocking. Uh, I thought it was pretty bad. And what really made me sad was, as we said at the top of the show, and as everybody knows who's ever met either one of us, we love Alan Alda. Very much In everything. MASH, Aviator, uh, Everybody Says I Love You. He's really fantastic. Um... And even in, uh, or especially in West Wing, he's just a really, really great, talented, genuine actor. Yes. And with this, I was like, I don't know if he's phoning it in or if the script is bad or if it's a combination of the two because it is easily the worst Alan Alda performance I've ever seen. And it broke my heart. He's, he isn't, he's trying his best with the material. I will give him that, but like, uh, yeah, it's not it's not good, but you can see the flashes of him in this. This again, the scene where he's like, "We're gonna solve this. You're gonna solve this. Yeah, me and you and you, but you're gonna solve this." I was like, "Do you even know what the lines are, man? What are you doing?" He's like, "It doesn't. It doesn't matter. Nobody cares. No one's ever gonna see this." Uh, I'll tell you what I saw him in Bridge of Spies. That's what it was. Oh, my God. Andrew's favorite boring-ass movie. That was great. It was great. Uh, and apparently on television recently, he was on Ray Donovan. <laughs> Sounds right. I uh, I did not think it was shocking. I also think the title is really shitty as well. Terrible. But it's a terrible title. But I don't... Uh, going to series, I don't necessarily know... If small town, like, what's the plot after this? Like you were saying, I'm presumably small town murders, and he's got to solve them while flirting with his, uh, uh, flirting with his assistant. I would guess. But they seem like they were already like by the end of this, they had come to a decision that they were going to bang. Yeah, but then he laughed for 45 minutes straight. Which, believe <laughs> me, she, Andrew, like, she like. She like reached a hand towards like a, a revolver. She's yeah, like, yeah, that, that, that has changed women's mind when I just look at them and laugh. And they're like, yeah, I'm gonna pass. Uh, it, I, 
I'm glad he didn't get it because if he had been saddled with this, he wouldn't have been. We we wouldn't have gotten Nash. Nash would not have gone. Uh, well, actually, another. I, I guess I don't know when this was shot because this was aired in 73, but MASH was in 72. Oh, they could have, they probably shot this and shelved it. Probably. And then they, and then they, they were like, oh, we got this, all the fellas got juice and we got a thing on the shelf with them. Yeah. Uh, so maybe they, they tried that. Did what MASH was on CBS, ABC? ABC? I don't recall. But I do I do think that um I mean it's also possible that he didn't it's also possible that CBS. was MASH wasn't a huge hit from the start or was it? I don't believe it was. And and that I could easily see him hedging his bets and like him and Loretta Swift being like we got to do whatever we can to cuz this thing that's based on a movie like That'll never work. Picasso. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It would have been fun to see him in a, in, a, in a detective show doing detective stuff. You know, being being but not a, this one, not this one. This this just doesn't this just doesn't have the, uh, you know, the, the zazz of because the part of the problem is other than the fact that he's kind of shitty uh, towards women. Uh, there's no hook. Other, it's yeah. Small town and he's shitty towards women. I need, you need a hook. I need a little bit more than that. It would be, I mean, he's got ESP. Uh, he, he's, he's actually a serial killer. Well, wait a minute. When did baffled come out? <laughs> 71. Okay. So they were trying to do so a, they were, they were competing against each other. Uh, I'm trying to, it's like when two people who are too left <laughs> run against each other for the Democratic ticket, and it's like they're splitting the vote. So we got we got room for one. We can only have one guy that has ESP that's a race car driver, and this is who we chose. <laughs> that's the thing is I'm surprised they didn't. I guess we haven't gotten to that point in terms of detective shows yet, though. Of they got to have a big hook. Yeah. Because nowadays it's like, well, actually. I, I guess I guess we've trended away from that, right? That we've got in terms of the shows that are on currently, you've got what are what are the detective shows that are on right now? Young Sheldon. Um <laughs> uh you've got the rookie. Well, he's is, just a cop. He's a cop, but the, the hook is that he's the oldest person to be in enrolled in the, the police academy at the Los Angeles Police Department. Okay. Uh, you've got um, the Mentalist. Is that still on? <laughs> I don't think that's been on. Simon Baker's The Mentalist. I don't think yeah. that's been on for like eleven years. Uh, that show with uh, Rain Wilson, where he was an asshole. Monk. I think Monk is still at Louder Milk. Um, <laughs> what was the one? The one with Rain Wilson is the one that cracked me up the most because they're just like. The, the promotion of that movie was uh, the promotion of that show was just like, he's a dickhead. <laughs> he sucks, man. Cause it was off the back of, uh, it was, it was definitely off the back of house. Yeah. House was like wrapping up and they're like, we want a flawed detective in the vein of house. Uh, so give us what you got. And instead <laughs> backstrom, that's what Backstrom. it was. 
this guy's a straight up dickhead. Uh, overweight, offensive, irascible police officer who engages in a constant struggle with his self-destructive tendencies. See, this that's this is it's it's house, except he's the thing the, the cop, the, not the a... two, yeah. The two things where he was like uh he would have like a slurpee or like a donut in his hand, and they're like, This guy's a fucking asshole. And those are the those are the ways Fox was promoting that. I'm like, this is this is good. This is good. <laughs> or the one Andrew, it reminds or, me a lot of Reigns. Reigns is the one I really wanted. Oh, where you can see the dead people with Jeff Goldblum? Jeff Goldblum. Okay, so Jeff Goldblum gets a a series lit on NBC where he's a detective, but he can see dead people. Then the very next season, he replaces Vincent D'Onofrio on Law and Order Criminal Intent, which led me to believe, I'm like, he's just doing Reigns on this now. So I imagined him rolling up on a Law and Order being like, I see one, two, three, four, five, ah, six uh, ghosts. Uh, six this ghosts. Is- Andrew, I, 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 before we change the subject, I, I did want to say it was very, it was very strange that after that Rain Wilson series ended, they kept the billboards up, but just put your face on him, <laughs> and it just said, "This guy's an asshole." This guy's a fat piece of shit. And we were like, "Wow!" And like, I, I don't remember citing the photo release on this. That's- and i looked into it and apparently i did i i don't know where i was now now airing wherever he works and you're like god (laughs) unfortunately coming to a workplace near you and i was like oh you don't have to that's i mean it's true but you don't have to say it mark would you recommend isn't it shocking uh, no, I would recommend the worst MASH episode before I would recommend this. Uh, so is that like the POV one or the one where they have to like, there's a bomb that's in the center of the camp and Radar losses teddy bear or something? Probably that one, yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, the more interesting stuff to me is the stuff with the girlfriend. And I feel like if there was a, if there was a series, we would get no more of that. Well, the other thing, the other thing with that is this movie was 69 minutes (laughs) long, right? Yeah. So if it was a series, they would have trimmed it down to like 52. And I imagine all the stuff with the girlfriend gets cut. I I, more than likely this is split into a, into two, uh, 44 minute episodes, 30 minute things. Or they're, they're, you know, they, they, they got, they got ways of trimming this down. All right. Uh, you what you don't lose it. is the 90 seconds of him laughing. Like yeah, that, person that, that, has to say, that goes in the super tease that's in the commercials. <laughs> like, here's YouTube your pre rolls. <laughs> here's your reaction to isn't it shocking? <laughs> <laughs> it's up. It's up there with, hey, we're going to get sick. <laughs> 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 Uh, I went to the horrorathon and they they rolled that out as as well. That from, classic. Uh, Andrew, what are we watching next week? All, another another question: Where have all the people gone? Yeah. Next time on Television Movie Night, we're continuing our crusade through questions as we watch this film from 1974, starring Leslie Nielsen. It's ABC's. Can Ellen be saved? <laughs> Welcome, sir. To the only motel in Flute Ridge. As I wonder if you could help me. If it's a room, yes, sir. Well, uh, I'm looking for the uh, Children of Jesus commune. Do you know what that is? 
Do I know where that is? Everybody within 10 miles around knows where it is. Uh, do you have someone out there? Yes, my daughter. Does she know you're coming? No, not exactly. Then you'd better take a room, because they are not going to let you have that girl without a fight. They don't take to parents. Well, what do you mean a fight? Once they get them, they want to keep them. Now, I have a nice room, it has uh, air conditioning, and it's clean. Then please, let me put you in touch with a man who can help you. There's a lot of men doing this. But this particular man, he knows all about them Jesus freaks. He will get her out. Well, I think that's a little premature if you just tell me where it is. Okay. About one mile north, take a right at the roadside stand. Uh, I'll save the double room. You'll be back. Leslie Nielsen tries to get his daughter out of a cult. Tries, Leslie Nielsen tries to save the Ellen show. He's like, I know, I know that uh, she's... People say she's mean. There was that, that story and that uh, not a lot of good press out of the way she uh, was was during the pandemic, but... Uh, He's like I, a spin doctor yeah, of some I think, kind. I think, we can, I think we can rebound here. And then they say, how did you get in here? And he says... Uh, who are you and how did you get in here? And he says, I'm a That's for next time. If you'd like to listen to past episodes, you can always do that by going to soundcloud.com forward slash TV movie night podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes and leave a review there. You can listen to us on Spotify, leave a review there. You can follow us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash TV movie night. You can email us at tvmovienightpodcast at gmail.com, or you can also subscribe to us on Stitcher. Stitcher. Stitcher, which allows you to stream podcasts directly to your smartphone. All that information and more, soundcloud.com forward slash tvmovienightpodcasts. Mark, is there anything else? Andrew. Um, no. <laughs> Asked and answered. All right. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>